Welcome back to another edition of Football on the 40. We're a group of Texas alumni who traditionally take weekly dives into the football program. Today, we'll continue that somewhat, but for the first time, we're going to take a look at our Texas men's basketball program as well. I'm Jake Robinson. Joining us as always are our co-hosts, Andrew Harris, Bowen Kai, Kevin Mathis, and producer Hamilton Lizer. To get us started, I believe one of us has a pretty significant announcement for our listeners. Andy? So uh, this is public information now, so I can finally talk about it. Um, but Mary Page and I are having a baby boy. So we are very excited about that. Um, due dates May 4th, uh, Star Wars baby. The funny thing is neither one of us really care for Star Wars. So that's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, just uh, obviously super excited. And I uh, can't wait to introduce the little guy to the miserable existence of being a Texas Longhorn fan. How old does he have to be before you take him to his first OU game? Oh, gosh. I was like seven. He's getting it's, – it's expensive, you know. I got to save up some money for game for free? I think – Not at that age. I think like up to like two probably. Or I don't know. But – um, if we do lose out, though, I, I think I'm going to have to name the kid Thomas Herman Harris. Um, I don't think my wife will approve of that, but, you know, I think I'm going to have to push for that if we if we can't win a game. <laughs> I always tell my wife, you can name the kid whatever you want, but you can't pick the nickname. <laughs> <laughs> it comes from the heart. <laughs> what about the middle name? Are you going to let them pick their own middle name? I would still like to, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Congrats, Andy. We're, so, we're all super yeah, pumped. We're, we're pumped first, for you. Uh, first pod baby. Yeah, Thanks, guys. We're super excited for you. All right. Um, okay. We can only delay so long. So now we got to jump into last week's um, another terrible performance in Ames. Uh, we are who Kirk Street said we were when he called us a cesspool. Um, we're going to do something a little different this week because, uh, at this point you probably are tired of hearing about how bad we are. So we're going to just recap this Iowa state game or the program as a whole, however you want, but you only have one haiku to do it. So for those of you who don't remember what a haiku is, it's five syllables and seven syllables and five syllables or a very variation thereof. So who wants to, to haiku that Iowa state game? I can go first. Mine's about the program as a whole. Um, all right, I'll just I'll just jump into it. <clears throat> so much turnover. Seven and six would be nice. Are we a blue blood? Insane. <laughs> I'll, I'll follow that. Mine is inspired by questions at the the head coach position. <clears throat> Sark. Sarkeesian, offensive genius, ha, more like offensive. <laughs> snaps. Dang, <that's> yeah. Snaps. <laughs> <laughs> that was deep right there. Um, I got to I gotta just uh, recap the game. Gritty, cold, ugly, glimmer, hope, touchdown. Wait, there's a second half? <laughs> 
Nice, nice. Mine's just kind of like my brain is about football, and it's just a little all over the place. So here we go. Big embarrassment. Can we get to six wins still? Adios, Josh Moore. Also, this segment was actually brought to you by uh, our former special guest, Blake Madden. It was his idea, and he gave us one um, to share on the air as well. This is, this is BMADS. Pain, 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 pain. Pain, 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 painful. Pain, 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 pain. Amazing. There you have it, haikus. <laughs> that hurt. We needed it, though. It's so good. the game the game was tough. Um, we don't have to get into it too much. But last week, we we asked this question and, and discussed this for a while. So I kind of wanted to follow up because we, we did end up seeing what we were wondering about with a quarterback change mid-game. Um, Casey Thompson came out. The offense just wasn't productive, and Sarkeesian actually made the change to Hudson Card. Uh, that resulted in in one touchdown and nothing else. Um, yeah, just want to open that up for conversation. Do we think that was the right call for Sark to make? And then in hindsight, after the quarterback change with essentially no difference in productivity between the two, how are we feeling about who's going to start this week and what the outlook is for the quarterback position for the remainder of the season. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in first. Um, I, so when, when uh, Sark put Hudson in, it was literally like the first moment since Casey had been in the beginning of the season where I thought it was actually time. And it was the exact drive that I would have done the same thing. So definitely don't blame him for doing it. Like you said, nothing really changed. Um, I don't really care who starts moving forward. I think it's time to just hit the transfer portal as hard as possible because neither one of these quarterbacks is probably our future. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as Jake. I'll, I'll admit I I was wrong about Hudson. Um, I, it just doesn't look like he's ready um, to come in. And, you know, if Sark is able to turn around and have a successful career in Texas, um, maybe Hudson's the type of guy that you would want in his offense two, three, four years down the road. Um, but not at this moment, not with the offensive line we have. Um and so, yeah, I, I, if I had to take um, a guess, I would just say go with Casey. Um, I think he gives us the best chance to win. But I totally agree with Jake. Need to just go hard in the portal. Bo, what do you think? Yeah, I feel like – I mean, last week I was like, I feel like Casey probably should still start the rest of the season. But we, we saw some stuff, right? Like Casey was dealing with an, a thumb injury still, and – you could tell like when he started the game, like he was just off. Like it was, there was like Casey, like the normal level that we expect. And then I think early on, like it was just, it was a different level. But yeah, like Hudson's just not getting done too. Like he was just missing on, on deep throws still too. And I, I feel like none, neither of them really adapt well to pressure so, uh, yeah, I think, like, Casey probably gets us to seven and six, which is all we really want. And then, well, all I really want, excuse me. And, yeah, we'll just uh, go into next season with a fresh slate, hopefully. 
I don't I don't really have a preference for who starts, but I did appreciate that initially, at least when Hudson got in there, he appeared to be a little bit more mobile under pressure, um, was more comfortable, comfortable scanning the field and checking down and using his legs to catch, catch a few yards. Um, I, I don't think he really built on anything or really had a stellar performance by any means, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know who's, who's the right person to call. It's, it's, it's a huge surprise for us because the identity of Steve Sarkeesian was supposed to be a coach who could identify the, the best quarterback um, to lead the team and then develop that quarterback over the course of a season. And we haven't seen that at all. And that's something that no one was predicting from Sarkeesian to have such trouble at that position with, you know, the level of talent that we do have at quarterback. Um, unexpected for sure. So we'll cool. see. Cool. Cool. Um, moving right along, we'll do a little bit of a Kansas preview in a minute, but uh, just, just one simple question to ask all of you, if we lose to Kansas, Will this be lower than any low that Charlie Strong ever experienced? Can I say tied? <laughs> because, like, his lowest experience was losing to Kansas. So, I mean, both Kansas – that Kansas team and this Kansas team are about the same, in my opinion. So, like, I know that's a terrible answer, but I, I would have to go with tied. I would still say that Charlie's loss was, was worse because this is the first season of a new coach. So, I mean, it wasn't – yeah, it wasn't Charlie's first season. It was like his third, right? It was his last season. Yes. Yeah, it was his last Kind of what led to him getting fired, I think. But I, I think that this one would be worse because it would be five straight losses. And when Charlie lost to Kansas, I think it was three straight. Definitely was not five straight which is a much more significant losing streak. And although it won't end Sark's career at Texas, um, a a five-game losing streak is something that I'm not sure we've ever seen in our lifetime at Texas. And that would have to be lower than Charlie Strong getting fired. I don't see how Sark reaches a lower point. He will be fired eventually, every head coach is or they leave. I don't think when Sark is fired, it would be that low of a point after five straight games, but we, who knows, maybe it could get worse. All right. Uh, Moving right along. We will now I'll hand it off to Andrew for his legendary Longhorn moment. So not going to recap the 2016 game. Uh, We've been pretty pessimistic on the pod for the last few weeks, rightfully so. Um, So a little bit um, more positivity to it, um, but not much more. Going to recap the 2019 game. Uh, In my opinion, I think this was kind of the beginning of the end for Tom. Um, We, I mean, so we lost the LSU game. That was kind of excusable. It was a close game. We lose the OU game. Um, we had a lot of players hurt that game. We kept it relatively close, even though we didn't play super well. Um, but, you know, that, that was still kind of excusable. But this was the, um, the first scare after that um, OU game where 
you know, people are starting to think, well, is Tom our future? Uh, we got up to a 14-0 lead, uh, but then it just got way too close of a game um, from there on out. Uh, Kansas actually went up 48-47 with a minute and 11 left in the game. Um, Dicker had to save the day, um, which is just really sad and embarrassing. Kicked a 33-yard field goal um, and uh, won the game. But, uh, yeah, came really close to – having another embarrassing loss to Kansas. So, Andy, uh, fun. Andy, I don't, do y'all, do y'all remember? So that game, I was at that game. It was in Austin too. It was at home. Were any of y'all there? Yeah, I think I, I was there with you, Jake. Yeah. We were like, we were like swaying and like everyone was cheering to try to beat Kansas. It was ridiculous, but it was kind of comical at the same time. Yeah. It was, it was like a very much a sigh of relief. Um, and like nervous laughter after the game. Um, but funny thing about Tom is he never covered against Kansas. So, you know, good teams cover. But yeah, um, with the, but going back to the 2016 game, um, can y'all like recap where y'all were um, after the game or like during the game when that happened? Yeah, you know, like in life, there's always like these maybe I can call them formative memories or just kind of, there's probably a different like name term for it, but just like the, the, the pivotal moments that you remember. And I, I definitely remember where I was. I was in Dallas um, and we were at Katie trail ice house, watching the game. Kevin was there. Andy, while we were rooming together, he was still out of town, but I just remember taking the walk of shame on that Katie trail back to our apartment and it, we were just so downtrodden. It was, uh, it was, it was a rough time. I, I didn't, I really didn't know. I didn't know what to do or what to think. It, it sucked being in public with you during that loss. Um, but it was, I guess, good in hindsight that we were at Katie trail ice house because we had a nice quiet walk on the Katie trail back to the car, um, or your apartment. I forget after the game, just probably three words were said per quarter mile we walked uh, the the mood was so low as you can expect yeah i thankfully i wasn't there that day um but i was at a wedding i was watching the game on my phone and uh yeah there were some texas fans at the wedding too and we just uh really couldn't believe what was happening um and yeah we were just i don't know it's kind of just in shock. So looking forward to the Kansas game, um, just kind of trying to get a sense of what we're up against. Um, you know, we're jokingly fans of FPI. We have a 98.5% chance of winning this game. Um, the Kansas team so far averaging 15.1 points per game, which is especially terrible and is allowing 42 per game. Um, they're led by a quarterback whose last name is Bean. And like, who cares? It's freaking Kansas. If we lose, we should be relegated to the FCS and be forced to rehire Charlie Strong. And if we win, it doesn't mean much. Um, I think the line is something like almost 30 points this game. So don't expect any of us to be throwing Bowcoin at, at the horns um, after the last four weeks. But if there's a game where you're going to break your your four-game losing streak, it has to be this one. 
And uh, if that doesn't happen this weekend, um, there's a lot of a lot of talk to be had about how long Steve Sarkeesian should last at Texas. So hopefully we don't have have to have that conversation next week. But um, we will win, right? I think. I hope. <laughs> I think. I hope. <laughs> yes. All right. That's 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 plenty of plenty prep for this game. I don't think most people care very much about it so we're gonna go to a short break we'll be back in just a second and we're back to talk about some basketball yeah this is basketball on the 40 tonight today whenever you're listening to this uh we're gonna start with a general discussion boys are we excited for texas longhorn basketball you know, surprisingly, yes. Um, you know, um, I don't think we've had this much hype going into the season since Rick Barnes, and that's been a little bit. He hasn't been our coach for almost a decade now. So um, I'm pumped. I don't know. How, how do y'all feel? I'm excited. I mean, we're ranked so highly, and, you know, new coach, fresh face, a lot of new players. I think it'll be fun to watch. I haven't been a huge basketball fan in the last few years, but I'm going to try to tune in more, especially early on this season. I think we have a huge matchup against, is it Gonzaga in like week two or something or game two. Um, Mm -hmm. So it'll be fun with a good team and a a huge game early on in the season. So excited for the next couple of weeks. Hope we don't get disappointed by a new first time Texas head coach though. (laughs) Well, we got the guy we wanted. So We've been trying to get him for years, and I mean, he's a he's a Longhorn. Um, I've been hearing some stuff. I'm pretty excited though. I, I've been hearing like he's been going around to. Um, I think he's like visited Coach Beard. Has visited like all of the the fraternities. He's like trying to get the students to come to games. And I saw I saw um, uh, CDC tweeted out. I think it was yesterday or the day before um, that we have sold more basketball season tickets than any other year in texas basketball history um nice yeah i think we were pretty close when when they brought it up like a few days ago so it's cool that we broke it his fireside chats are pretty fun too when he just talks Mm -hmm. with the students i watched a couple of those so i'm pretty bought in and it's like it'll be nice to see we keep seeing this graphic that texas sports keeps sharing about like all of our athletics and you know, how they're ranked all in like the top 10 or top 25. So it'd be nice to cheer for a ranked program again, because that is an unfamiliar feeling with, with football nowadays. Did y'all, did y'all see that uh, Beard said if the um, students filled out the student section for the first game that he would throw a pizza party at the tower? That's awesome. I did not see that. that. I I love that like small, well, smaller school with like tech mentality to UT, which is, which is, which is really nice. I feel like sometimes it just feels like very separate, you know, like the athletic program with the campus. And I think with CDC, it helps a lot too, but you know, with coaches like that, it's really makes an impact. And at, at Texas, just the way the campus is laid out, I feel like we experienced this as students. It's hard to get student involvement at the games because the stadium is on the opposite, sti- the opposite side of campus from where most of the students live in West Campus and North Campus. It's not very easy to get out there. 
Um, maybe they can like lime scooter from West Campus, but hopefully the uh, visiting, you know, Greek houses helps out. I think that's a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's be honest. The the drum is ugly, uh, far built for music, and I'm glad it's the last season that we'll ever play basketball in there. Looking forward to the the Moody Center. Looks awesome. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I wonder if that stadium change is a big factor in the season ticket rate going up because I feel like they'll grandfather season ticket holders into Moody Center. I heard that from somewhere, Kev. I think you're on the right path with that one. Awesome. Awesome. Um, do y'all have a do y'all have a basketball experience from UT that like y'all want to share? Um, that's memorable to y'all. I I do. Um growing up my dad and I had, we had season tickets to Texas basketball games. And, um, for a couple of years, we had season tickets to the football, the football games, but my dad decided to give those up, uh, right before the year that we won the national championship. Um, but we would go up to Austin from San Marcos quite a bit for basketball games during the week. And, uh, he and I would, you know, go early, get dinner, and get to get to the drum, the Irwin Center, as early as we could so that we could sit on the first or second row and watch the players warm up. And several times we were in really cl- close quarters to um, Kevin Durant and a lot of other notable players when they were young and at Texas and got to see them kind of, you know, super close up warming up and, and stuff. And I think my favorite memory from games was uh, at the half, Kevin Durant one time was trying to hit a buzzer beater um, from about half court and his touch or his feel was way off. And he just rifled this ball trying to make it and almost knocked off the shot clock on top of, on top of the, <laughs> the basketball goal, which was pretty funny. The fans got a kick out of that, but, um, it was really cool seeing Kevin Durant his freshman year and only year at Texas with Rick Barnes. And at that time we knew he was good, but had no idea, um, you know, the caliber of player that he would be in the NBA. So it was cool to see him up close quite a bit yeah for sure um i i'll be real quick with mine um it was our senior year we played ou at home they were number three in the country um and we kind of came back and we scored like at one point we scored like 23 points in a row um took over the game it was the i haven't been to a ton of games at the Irwin center i've probably been to about 10 or 15 but that was the loudest I ever heard it. And it was just like the perfect way to finish my student experience at the drum. Um, so really thankful for that. But yeah, going into this season, um, as we all know, uh, Chris Beard is the man in charge. Shaka later. Um, Shaka was a great guy. Um, didn't get the job done, but I, I hope and wish um, for the best for him at Marquette. Um, I think that might be a better situation for him overall but uh oh, yeah beard okay oh, really quick tangent shaka y'all remember his like swat team exercises that he would do that's like <laughs> yeah. when you said shaka again a name i haven't heard in a while that's the first thing that came to mind sorry we can get back on topic <laughs> but i was like i just remember that and i was like that's pretty cool but now it's like yeah. well didn't really amount to much <laughs> <laughs> quick it looked, how, it seemed how intense. Many- how many tournament wins did we have under Shaka? Go. One. Two. Zero. Ooh. We never won an NCAA tournament game under Shaka. Really? 
we won we won the NIT, but we didn't we never won a tournament game. He was and here, I think did we have five years and we made the tournament, I think, only twice. And we lost in the first round both times. And both That's of those upset. losses were were heartbreaking. Yeah. Upsets too. Man. Man, that's that's depressing. Okay. Um, well, yeah, hopefully Beard can change the change the tune and maybe well, if he doesn't get a win in the tournament this year, it will be a disappointment. Um I'm not saying we are expected to win the national championship, but um with the type of talent that we have, I think we should be making a deep run in March. Um we're really we're stocked all all position groups. Um we have uh, um, key returning players coming back: Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, Brock Cunningham, and uh, uh, Jace Febris. Uh, they're all solid contributors. Uh, Andrew Jones is probably the best of that bunch. Um, but you know, the, the key story of the off season was all the transfers that we got, and I think they are going to kind of lead us uh, this year. Um, Marcus Carr is going to be our point guard. Um, interesting in the first exhibition, um, he didn't score a ton, but at Minnesota, he seemed like he was a good, um, score first point guard. Um, but I don't think he has to be at Texas. Uh, Timmy Allen and Trey Mitchell are two of our bigger guys. Um, I think they're going to do, um, a lot of damage in the paint. Um, it seemed like that, um, that will be the case this year. Uh, they did so against Texas Lutheran um, a week ago. Um, Christian Bishop and Devin Askew, uh, both are going to be solid contributors, in my opinion. Um, uh, Beard did say he thinks Askew is going to have a really good career at Texas um, uh, publicly. So that's uh, that's saying something. Um, and then Jalen Tyson is our lone freshman uh, this year. And um yeah hopefully he can make an impact as well yeah so i, be, I believe of the transfers is aren't aren't they all starters except is andrew jones starting or is he six man no andrew jones is starting and ramey is like it's like him ramey is like kind of a starter i, I would yeah. say but andrew jones is a solid starter so it's it's safe to say we have some old guys that are that are still talented that are coming back, but most of these transfers are kind of the hype of the offseason. And it's it's important to keep in mind, like we we won the Big 12 championship game tournament game. Uh the Big 12 championship tournament. I can't talk. Not the regular season, the tournament championship last year. And we were a three seed, even though we lost to Abilene Christian, like we were a good program last year. And then now just like with all this talent coming in, it's really raised the hype. And so um, going into the season, we are preseason ranked number five in the AP poll. Um, many, many uh, basketball watchers have us in the final four or, or just outside. I think Sports Illustrated actually has us number two right behind Gonzaga. Um, and then as for the Big 12, it's kind of fitting that this week is Texas versus Kansas in, in football um, because in basketball, the only two schools that received first place votes for the big 12 this year was Kansas and Texas. Um, and so Kansas eight, eight of the big 12 coaches picked Kansas to win and two of them picked Texas. Um, and I believe almost every other coach picked Texas in second. So um, definitely a lot of hype going into the season. Um, 
we are yeah and then i think baylor the reigning national championship the reigning national champion is expected to come in third in the big 12 so yeah uh, they lost a lot of players for sure for sure um but yeah we have um a big game coming up this saturday um good timing with the kansas game uh kansas game starts at 6 30 right um and this game starts at 9 30 so um so yeah it's a big game gonzaga's ranked number one in the country um gonna be a tough game uh to win but um even if we don't win that game we should only have one or two losses uh, before we start big 12 play we have a really soft non-conference schedule and uh, our other tough non-conference game tennessee we don't play them until the end of january it's it's safe to say if we can somehow beat gonzaga which again that's going to be hard but if we can beat gonzaga we will be probably the undisputed number one team in the country next week at this time yeah for sure all right all one, right one thing i'm i'm seeing that might be a hindrance to my uh newfound basketball fanhood is six out of the first seven games are on LHN, which I don't have easy access to. Um, like for the next month, um, month and a day, we only have two games, obviously Gonzaga and then Seton Hall, I think on major channels. So it might be kind of hard to watch these games for the first part of the season. That's a good point. Two, two, two final things I wanted to say, since we're a big fan of the FPI, um, in our, in our game against, um, (laughs) so we, we record this before, uh, the Tuesday night game. So we are, we are 97% favorites against Houston Baptist on Tuesday. And then against Gonzaga, FBI has us at 15%. So not a big believer in the horns this weekend. Um, also, Kind of interesting thing. So our our game this week is on ESPNU. The Kansas game is on ESPNU, but the basketball game against Gonzaga is on ESPN two. So ESPN values our basketball program over our football program right now, which is saying a lot in terms of viewers. I know they're slightly different times, but still. Okay. Anything else y'all want to talk about on basketball? That's it for me. Might be a good year to book a trip to Las Vegas for the first weekend of March Madness. I already have a trip booked then, so there we go. <laughs> um, but it, speaking of that, last year I was there and I was watching the Abilene Christian game at the world's largest sports book. It was not, it, it was fun, but it was also, it kind of sucked. But all right, we will take one more short break and uh, then we'll get into Gambling Corner. Be right back. This week, we are brought to you by the Longhorn Family Platform. We're excited to announce a first-of-its-kind partnership between Football on the 40 and the Longhorn Family that will be a catalyst for enriched Texas football analysis going forward this season. Founded by Blake and Trent Madden, Longhorn Family is your one-stop shop for family-oriented Texas football banter. Everything Blake touches turns to gold. Subscribe to Longhorn Family today at longhornfamily.substat.com. And we're back with another segment of Gambling Corner. So obviously, y'all can tell, um, didn't do well last week. Texas did not cover under hit by a mile. The one week that Kevin felt good taking the lone Texas bet, 
did not pay off for him. Unfortunately, we lost. And across the board, we pretty much lost everywhere else, too. I mean, we got a small Oregon win and a small win on our roadrunners down the road. But other than that, everything pretty much got pummeled. On the bright side, so introducing our season-long betting game of $1,000 picks. So last week, I was telling the guys that, you know, we're going to drain the rest of our bankroll on this week. But somehow, I think this was an oversight by me. I realized that we actually have $243.44 left. Found some cash, found some bow coin under the cushions. <laughs> we're, we're running on fumes this week, so we don't necessarily have to take out a loan from the loan sharks quite yet. But yeah, I think I was, I think I was like filtered incorrectly or, or something on this, on my spreadsheet, but yeah, we still, we still got some, we're staying alive. We're, we're, we're okay. Um, but yeah, looking ahead to this week. So I, well, you know, the guys were talking after our pretty de demoralizing loss last weekend, we were like, <laughs> well, Kevin was like, is Texas going to be even favored by more than like 10? And I was like, ah, nah, we'll still be favored more than 10. I was thinking in the 20 range, but actually we're, we're opening as 30 and a half, 30 points, 30 and a half point favorites. And the over-under is uh, still 61. I, I mean, I think Vegas just squarely always puts us there. It's probably a pretty safe under bet um, and a very dangerous, very dangerous spread. We're four and five against the spread, Kansas, only has one one win against the spread too, and Kansas is also plus two thousand on the money line, guys. I mean, before I move on, we'll also talk about Texas basketball and elsewhere around the league. But what are y'all thinking about just that game so far? Like those numbers, like what are y'all's thoughts on on that thirty and a half, the plus two thousand Kansas on the money line, that over under? What, what are y'all thinking? I don't I don't want to touch the the cover. The on the over under side, the were you saying that you think it's going to be the scores can like the total will be under sixty one? I feel like it'll be under sixty one for sure. I I feel like because we're so far behind, we almost have to put some money on the Kansas money line. The way yeah. things are going. No. <laughs> Wait no. is is Kansas money line for them? That's for them to win outright, correct? Yeah. 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 Oh, hell no. That would be that would be so that's 20, 20 to one or would that be two hundred to one? Um, plus two thousand is uh two hundred to one or twenty to one. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just twenty one. Yeah. Yeah, that's not. That's uh, that's not a good place to put your money. But that's not even an emotional hedge. I'm thinking about <laughs> betting betting Kansas to cover. I'm gonna yeah, ponder on. I, that. I feel like that's a pretty that's a hundred on that you said. And the only reason, not 100, but I'm thinking about it. The only oh. reason I would do that is we now have, uh, so we, we don't have Jordan Whittington. I'm thinking about third down passing game here. Not only do we have a question at who's the best quarterback, our third third down guy, Jordan Whittington, is, appears to be still hurt, and Josh Moore is out. So I'm, I doubt that Kansas has great talent and depth in the secondary, but we really don't have a whole lot of options to pass to. Like if they're covering worthy, do we really trust like a Marcus Washington to, you know, be good enough in the passing game to, to cover? No way. No way. Yeah. I've convinced myself. I'm taking Kansas, Kansas to cover 
I'll put I'll put seventy bow coin on that. I'm pretty confident with that. I like it. I mean, I I know it, it's painful to say, but I I do like that. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention. Um, so we had some futures bets that I just ended up grading them as losses. I mean, it was Casey and and Bijan to win the Heisman, and they're so far out of the running. I'm just gonna grade them as a loss. So two forty three should be, um, our actual remaining bankroll with those losses too. So I. I want to add, uh, I'll round out the hundred and do thirty on the under sixty-one. I think that that's a. I agree, Bo. I think that's a pretty good bet. Yeah. Cool. Well, I also want to share out the. Um, you know, we talked about basketball and elsewhere around the league too. So, looking ahead to basketball season, I took a look at some of the the, the opening futures for for us to win the tournament and for us to win the big 12, Texas is plus 1400 to win the championship. So to win the whole thing and we're plus 240 to win the big 12, Kansas is we're still right behind Kansas, who is plus 190. Um, and then for the opening game against uh, Houston Baptist, we're 34 and a half point favorites too. So those are the few of the one, the few of the bets that we could take some of the angles that we could take. And then, Shifting back to football, some of the some of the lines I noticed. Michigan is getting one point on Penn State. Um, for some reason, this New Mexico State and Bama line jumped out at me. Bama's get, I mean, New Mexico State's getting fifty one and a half points. But given like this, it's so weird. Like so late in the season, I feel like if Bama just jumps out to like thirty five to nothing, they probably just coast hit the gas, right? I mean, hit the brakes, right? Yeah, coast. Um, Ohio State are twenty. 20 point favorites on Purdue. If the boil makers just continue their, uh, what's it, what's the phrase? Like the spoiler makers, I think is the nickname they have. If they continue that, that'd be pretty sick. Um, but yeah, what about what any of those, any of those uh, in the basketball or, or elsewhere around the league stick out to you guys? Uh, yeah. Go elsewhere ahead. around the league in, in football, I think an interesting game to watch, maybe not to bet on will be Oklahoma versus Baylor. OU's favored by five and a half playing on the road versus Baylor. I think they'll be energized. The Bears will and might kind of, you know, keep that one close. Also, AM is playing on the road against Ole Miss. Um, they're both seven and two. And on the road, AM's favored by two and a half, which I think is I think that's worth taking Ole Miss there. I've taken a lot of L's betting on teams like to win on the road, which I think is probably a mistake in college football. So I'll take Ole Miss there for like 20 bow coin. Ole Miss cover. Ole Miss no. is plus two and a half. I need Ole Miss to win for my sisters. Yeah, yeah. I'm betting on Ole Miss. Ole Miss plus two no, and a half. No, but we're terrible at bets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're bad luck. Uh, I told myself I would not bet on that game, but it's okay. You're, you've done better than me. I have two that I like, Bo. I like one of the ones that you pointed out. I do like Purdue plus 20. I don't think they'll win the game, but I don't think Ohio State has shown that they're going to blow teams out very often, especially the spoiler makers. So I like 20 on Purdue plus 20. Um, And then the other game that I like, much to the chagrin of our SMU alumni in this pod, I definitely like um, UCF plus seven and a half against the Mustangs. Um, I think SMU is probably going to lose that game outright. Um, so seven and a half points is a lot of points. Yeah. 
with their two-game losing streak. I think they're going to be looking. How much did you want on that, Jake? Uh, I want 30 on that one. Woo. All right. I got I got two real quick. Um, um, the over-under for the OU-Baylor game is 62-and-a-half. I'm pretty confident that it will, it will definitely hit. So um, I'm going to take the over 62 and a half for that game for 20. And then um, I'm going to do a four game parlay, but it doesn't sound as crazy as you think it is. I'm going to do just a money line four game parlay for Alabama, Florida, Georgia, and Kentucky. And uh, $20. Wow. For okay. That one. Dang. Okay, cool. I will, I will look up the odds for those games. Are they all favorites? I assume they're yeah, all favorites. Yeah, significant favorites. Okay. Cool. Man, you guys don't – we don't like any any futures on the basketball stuff? I thought we were hyped. Oh, I mean, I like it, but it takes so long to see the returns on that. We're going to be, like, on our fifth loan by then. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I, I do have one game I want to put some bow coin on in uh, – in the college basketball realm, this is uh, tomorrow. It's Kansas versus Michigan State. Kansas is uh, ranked number three in the country. Michigan State is unranked. Uh, Kansas is favored by four and a half points, and FPI looks pretty comfortable that Kansas is going to win. So, although I don't have a good feel for how many points a team typically wins a basketball game by, I think Kansas wins that one by you know more than four and a half. So, as I test the waters in this college basketball betting world, I'll put 10 bow coin on that. All right, I like it. We and have... it's on ESPN, so we can watch it. Good. At the time of this, at the time y'all hear this recording, we will know if we are up or down once again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, I'll get these bets in. Um, but we have around. $220 out there. So we have $23.44 left over. If, if we lose everything, we'll at least have that for next week. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks, Bo. We're going to move into our last and final segment, the predictions for the week. We are going back to football. We are predicting the Texas-Kansas game. And uh, who you got, Kev? I got... Texas uh, winning in an ugly, unsatisfying fashion. Uh, Texas 30 to 17. Uh, I feel like I feel like we have to come out and make a statement. I mean, you know, I did say that the under bet was pretty safe, but I, I guess you could call me optimistic here. Maybe Texas will come out and prove me wrong. I have Texas 52, Kansas 28. Yeah, we win it 48 to 7, but it says more about Kansas than us. Yeah, 48 uh, 20 doesn't mean anything. Let's move on. Yeah, we got Texas winning 45 17. Well, there you have it. We, uh, looking back, we, we, did some haikus on Iowa State. We uh, previewed basketball, did a little bit of look ahead to the Kansas game. You know, bringing it full circle here. Um, thank you all for, for tuning in once again for this episode. We will continue to come back 
even if it's a five-game losing streak next week that we have to cover. So thank you all for listening. See you next week. Hook them. <laughs>